Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we're back, baby. Yeah, we are. We are talking about another great episode of the Green Ring Conspiracy. This one's part eight. Yeah, emphasis on the great one. Honestly, this one, this is part of the, like, it surprised me how much I like it. Oh, it's good. It's got, it's got bits. The plot's moving in the right way. There's yeah. some good, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the a good. The sound engineering's great. We'll get into it. Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. Oh, my word. Yeah. Um, off the top, uh, cast wise for the episode, we have Shannon Holmes as Martin. Okay. Is uh, one of the police officers. Mm-hmm. Mar- uh, Shannon Holmes has only appeared in only appeared as Martin in this and the next four episodes. Interesting. Yeah. He moves, presumably. The police well, officer takes another job. Maybe in Odenton we could get a spinoff. Who knows? Fan um, fiction ideas for you. Sh- Shannon Holmes uh, d- has been in a handful of things. He was in the Southland Tales, which is a... Uh, a, a, a movie of note in okay. my opinion i haven't um, seen it so it's uh the the dude who directed oh, why am i forgetting his name but the dude who directed donnie darko this is his follow-up it stars oh, okay. the rock oh um interesting watch it if you get the chance is it on any major streaming platforms I that you know of? don't know plug for just watch the app that's true it's there will be a link in, in the description of wherever it's streaming <laughs> yep um, he was also on a show called Just Shut Up, playing a character called Mr. Squirrel, which he <laughs> did for 20 episodes. Wow. And a show called Here's the Thing, where he played the character Josh for 14 episodes. Here's the Thing. What do you, That doesn't say what network it's on, does it? No. Um, can I find out? Maybe. For some the reason. The answer is still no. Okay, that's fine. Don't worry about it. It's not important. We also have... Townsend Coleman. Yes, as the stiletto. Yeah. And Jason Whitaker. Um, let me just say off the top, boy, was I so happy when they reveal that in the same episode they introduce it. Yeah. Because I was really, I was just like gearing up to have a frustrating discussion this episode where we have to do a Mitch is alive bit. Mm -hmm. And I was just not looking forward to that where I was like, I don't want to be like, and Townsend Coleman as the stiletto, huh? Uh. Townsend Coleman also famously voices Jason. Weird that he's voicing the stiletto here. I guess that was just like a fun casting choice and he doesn't sound any. Yeah. I'm so glad I can just be like, yeah, we, the stiletto is Jason. It's great. I love living in the future. It's wonderful. Well, Stuff they, moves But faster. they say it in the episode. Yeah, exactly. Which is great, so I don't mm-hmm. have to play this game. Yeah. We can just be like, boom, stiletto, Jason well, Whitaker. The beard is going to need a razor. Mm-hmm. Probably is a nice beard. I it, bet you can grow a nice beard. I mean, if the, uh, if the official photos are any given, I mean, he's, already, he's always got some facial hair. Well, not always, but of recent, he's had some facial hair, so turn that into a beard. I... And we can get into that more when we get to it, but it is, it's quite the disguise of mm-hmm. a hat, sunglasses, and a beard. For being a mobster. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's one of those things, whatever, I guess we're doing it here. It's one of those things where it's like, you either should go all or nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like wearing a sun, wearing sunglasses and a hat is just inherently suspicious. Yes. He should either, like, 
it should either just be like he's got a beard they don't recognize him mm-hmm. or he's got like you know some crazy elaborate like mask or like yeah. nobody ever sees he him he shaved his or, head and he only wears sunglasses right or and he's got like a big tattoo mm-hmm. like there's like there's stuff no but the, you just said sunglasses though and that's the problem it's like no 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 hat i'm talking beard shaved head sunglasses, sunglasses. would be unrecognizable uh, sure. i i yeah. mean I could shake yeah. my head and wear sunglasses and people wouldn't recognize right. me. <laughs> like, I like the gimmick in the episode, but I'm also like, you should have a better disguise mm-hmm. or no disguise. Like, yeah. either people, like, are going to recognize Jason Whitaker or they ain't, mm-hmm. as this episode proves. Yeah. Yeah. And especially giving it the note of, like, oh, I worked so hard on it. How did you see it? It's like, it's your, he's his kid. Come on now. Of course. Wit's right. Well, and know. also you went hat, glasses, beard. Mm-hmm. Like that would be like, like you you could like walk past someone on the street who you hadn't seen in, I don't know, whatever this is, five years. Mm-hmm. And they've grown a beard and they're wearing a hat and baseball cap because it's summer. And you'd be like, oh, yeah. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you can't have all of them. It's the, uh, what is it? The Marvel, like. Dis- uh, the Marvel plague of disguises where they wear like the khaki jacket and the aviators and the baseball cap. Oh, I mean, I guess they do do that a lot. Fair. A good bit. It's it's a go to Steve Rogers. Uh, I was going to say that, yeah. that seems very Steve Rogers. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not a, you know, sleeveless vest, so Hawkeye can't wear it. So <laughs> uh, his arms are actually too big scientifically to fit into sleeves. Andrew knows he has the same condition. Yeah, it's true. Um, that's why there's no video part of this podcast. Uh, you just right. wouldn't be able to see me. They're like wings. All right. <laughs> okay. Anywho, is there a promo, Dylan? You know what, Andrew? Uh, just for you, there is. Yay! On the next adventure in Odyssey... I finally got a bead on what may be the signal from that implant in Monty's arm. Wit is one step closer to finding his missing grandson. He may be in a rundown building on Newcastle Road. But Wit's not the only one on Monty's trail. I know you don't trust me. Forget about trusting you. I want to know where my grandson is. Don't miss the next adventure in Odyssey. Two things from that promo that are later notes in this thing. Mm-hmm. One, fine promo, whatever. Two, they, they mention a road mm-hmm. in that promo. Yeah. There are three name drops of, of specific roads. road names in this episode. Yep. I don't understand. And they're all bad, kind of. I, I don't. Get, well, they're, they're, there are no good road names in real life. Yeah. There are even less in fiction interesting because every road name sounds like bs like there there no road names sound real except for the cliche ones which you have to avoid when you are writing fiction oh so you why? just run out of road names so you can't just why like, can't you use like like you don't want to okay broad you, street doesn't matter essentially you can't visualize that right so like so you could like Right, the the mains of like front, broad, new, new, and then like some, and then like numbers. Mm-hmm. They don't. They all paint too specific a picture, mm-hmm. where you're then picturing something downtown, mm-hmm. something a little bit more metropolitan in some instances. Mm-hmm. Like, 
what you need is like in these sorts of instances is like you're specifically naming like roads that are off the beaten path. I was just on a green branch road today, and that is a very Odyssey name for right, a road. Right, right, right. But like there are yeah, no road names either sound too real and mm-hmm. you can immediately go okay well that means xyz which mm-hmm. they don't want to do because they need to keep them vague mm-hmm. or they just sound like they someone made them up yeah. because that's what they did that's what all roads are <laughs> so like it does create this weird thing where it's like they all sound fake but mm-hmm. also if you ever are talking to someone who like lives across country and they're talking about their road names, they also sound fake. Yes, yes. Like of so it is yeah. just this it's... problem. Yeah. We the like, echo I live chamber. In... Right. Right, right. Like I live in a city where like the str- the streets are named after freaking like nuts mm-hmm. and citrus. Yeah. Like that or not even just citrus, because there's like raspberry and mulberry, just like mm-hmm. fruit. Yeah. Fruit and nuts. That's that's how and then royalty. Yep. Yeah. That's and, that's how we name the streets. Yeah, royalty goes north and south and uh, But not always. And yeah, yeah, there are exceptions. There's a couple exceptions just to confuse it. Well, and some yeah. of them have like a forty five degree turn in there yeah. just to throw you off. It's yeah. it's fun stuff. City planning. I can't believe it's somebody's job. For how bad it turns out. I well, mean, but yeah, but nobody's nobody's like planning a city from day one in most circumstances. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> Civil engineers and such. They're trying their best. They're yeah. just like the rest of us. Right, but, you know, cities just evolve and you can't control that. Or can you? I believe that there's something beautiful in all of us. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, call forward? Yes. <laughs> So, I just realized we haven't started covering the episode, have we? No, I've just been ranting about about uh, the 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 road name thing. Yes, yes, yes. yes and yes. then the other thing that that promo just pointed out that I also wanted to knock or just I don't know, mention off the top, and I don't know what it is, but Diane Shu, who plays Laura, uh, who plays Agent Tanner, mm-hmm. I love her performance so much. And I don't know why, but I just think it's great. It, anytime she shows up, I'm just like, I love the way you're playing this. This is so good. Yeah, she does do a good job now that I think about it because she plays both sides very I, well. There's just the something about her voice. Mm-hmm. I, I truly don't know what it is, but... She's not in that many episodes, and every time she is, I'm just like, ah. Oh, She's got a great vocal performance. That's such a good, such a good performance. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that she sounds hot. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. I mean, that was. I mean, that, maybe, maybe that. She kind of sounds thing. like a redhead, which personally, oh. I'm a fan of. So, okay. if we can confirm that Agent Tanner is a redhead, my theory has uh, has some merit. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is also weird just thinking like, oh yes, that's right. There's also like two or three episodes where she voices Doris Rathbone. And I'm just like... What? <laughs> oh, an album 50 she does? Yes. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. And so I'm just like, I want to go back and listen to this and be like, do I like you here too? <laughs> or is there just something specific about the Lauren aren't they Tanner? Re- aren't they redheads? Aren't the Rathbones redheads? Rodney is at Probably. least. Bart isn't. Bart has brown hair. Uh, I believe I... Doris has blonde, but it might also be dyed. That's fair. Rodney has red hair. 
And well, I suppose that could also be dyed, but I doubt it. Anyway, um, the actual <laughs> episode uh, begins with Wit being relieved that Connie is not around. Yep, because we can't talk to Connie about anything. Because that's how we've got to go into this episode. Just yep. be like, hey, Eugene. Is, is Connie here? your no. peer gone? All right, great. Let me confide all my secrets in you. Yeah, who's so capable of <laughs> dueling with it. Granted, like... That this was something I thought about, but like the Eugene scene mm-hmm. here, and it's probably just because it's like a sitcom trope. Mm-hmm. You put literally any Odyssey character into that position, and it goes exactly the same way. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Is like, that a, like, just a McCuskerism? Well, I don't know, but well, like, it's you, a TV trope, right? For it, sure. it is yeah. a TV trope. Like I'm like you, you have. You have Connie do that, boom, mm-hmm. exact same thing. Wooten, absolutely, yeah, if not worse. Be, Bernard, yeah. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. note for note. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Although Eugene adds his own flair, I will say. For sure. In the, uh, you know, in his interjections and everything. Um, oh, yeah. And I the mean, noises he makes are hilarious. But, yeah. Um, uh, the escalation of that all is great. Yeah. But yeah, so Wit's, Wit's speeding off because mm-hmm. he got a faint signal from Monty's arm. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Classic. And, and yeah. Yeah, you know, Wakanda I, situation here. And uh and then uh yeah, he decides to entrust his more senior employee mm-hmm. to get the DNA of an employee who just started today and is mm-hmm. a minor. Yes, of course. Makes a lot of sense. You know, as Certainly. you do. Yeah. <laughs> blah, blah. And of course Wit's like or Eugene's like, Yeah, of course, I'll take care of it, you know, I'll be my normal nonchalant self and obviously that doesn't happen yeah but Uh, also i just it bugs me like and like we'll 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 talk about it as the series progresses and like mm -hmm. i understand that i don't know it's it's tough from a lot of angles but nobody like at the point of this episode and he points it out nobody trusts buck yeah. And I just feel so bad for that guy. With the exception of Katrina, but she doesn't trust him for the right reasons, and she pities him more than anything. Correct. Which is worse. Correct. Honestly, yeah. The Odyssey crowd doesn't come out of this looking <sighs> super great in how they're interacting. Because Connie yeah, isn't great it's... with Trask no. later, either. It's just, it's really... It's really tough in that, like, I wish there was more benefit of the doubt and compassion for Buck. And, like, Katrina's Mm -hmm. doing her best to bring that energy. But it's like, he has gone from, like, I don't know. Just, like, okay, here here I think is the problem. Mm. We have not seen anybody interact with him positively without motive yeah like essentially with the exception of like like from the adult characters specifically is like everyone is interacting with to him not like he is a person 
but just like because they he's, yeah he's an idea and yeah he's I, involved with he's an idea that's involved with stuff yeah yeah and it's or and is hot if you're emily like right it's i don't know it's tough I, I feel like I'm having a hard time articulating it. Well, because it is, it's complex because they have to be able to do their job and investigate things. And, and he is obviously involved in bad things, but, right. but there is a certain sense of these real people that are supposed to be real and, um, you know, be the humanity in the story and not the law enforcement, like are doing the law enforcement's job. And right. Being... Right. And I just, I wish we had some. I, I wish Buck had someone who he interacted with human to human a little bit. I'm good. I'm little spoiler. I mean, his interaction with Jules is good. Yeah. In the episodes that I've heard. Mm. Um, yeah. And mm. I, and like, I'm sure he gets there even from like the Connie counselor episode that like I listened to for, for mm-hmm. the other show. Um, when you guessed it on uh, AIO audio news, like there's 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 good stuff there and like i like the way that like he becomes a little bit more of a human it's just like we have all this time and there's all this plot and i just wish that i don't know i wish that somehow they they were able to like eke a little bit of a little bit more relation and mm-hmm. part of it i guess might be intentional to a degree where it's like buck is always looking out for himself always deceiving like he was Mm -hmm. sent into he was sent into every one of these interactions with his own motives Mm -hmm. and so that kind of forces everyone to have motives against him and so i'm not even saying like it's unintentional or it's poor writing or whatever it's just a bummer Mm -hmm that he doesn't get to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. No one treats him like a human being and he doesn't really treat anyone else like one. Yeah. Yeah. Which thankfully this isn't the end of his character on the show. For sure. And we get more of that later, um, For sure. which is nice. O- honestly, the person who treats him the most like a person is skin. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. And skin is genuinely kind of kind to him even though he's very much also just looking out for himself and doing the same thing right um you know yeah so anyway if uh we can move on to the next scene yeah connie and uh no no, no wait it's it's oh um, yeah buck comes buck, in buck walks in and wit leaves you, wit, wit leaves they basically say hi to each other that's their first mm-hmm. meeting and it's wit like scurrying out the door and i'm like yeah. buddy like you're supposed to like I realize your grandson has been kidnapped. You're also supposed to be like the manager Mr. of the like, shot. Yeah, and shop. like a hands-on, involved, non-delegator kind of manager. Yeah, and so it's weird that like you're just kind of like waving at your new employee. Yeah, you're leaving. you're delegating so you can go play vigilante. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have I have thoughts on I, that as I well. I have some strong wit thoughts in this episode. Um. Including this scene where he tells his employee to get DNA from this other employee. Yeah, um, exactly. He's a minor. Um, Comes full circle. And Eugene offers him 
uh, lemonade, mm-hmm. which sounds amazing. I literally stopped at the market and got lemonade. It was fresh squeezed. It was mm-hmm. ice cold. It did not hydrate me, but it tasted delicious. Yes. Lemonade has never hydrated anyone. No, no, certainly not. And especially that kind, because it's just 90% sugar and like the other 10% is straight lemon juice. And mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Can I just like Annie Ann's lemonade on a hot day? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Annie Ann's was great. This was like a small little Mennonite. Yeah, for, for sure. I'm just thinking of like, what's like the, like the, what's my like lemonade kryptonite oh like yeah. that style and any ands for sure uh chick-fil-a has good lemonade they're frozen lemonade though that's that where slaps it's at. yeah yeah their frozen lemonade is very good uh the tomato gonna... pie has great lemonade yeah um I, I was just gonna say i think this might be our first mention of chick-fil-a and i guess now we can call ourselves a christian podcast yes we're here we finally made it <laughs> A hundred plus episodes later, and we've joined the Chick-fil-A club. I have the app on my phone. Daddy Chicken knows where I am at all times. As he should. Mm -hmm. I believe that's just God. I think so. I don't know how I feel about calling God Daddy Chicken, though. (laughs) Fair. Especially considering what chicken is on this show. Um, So, (laughs) Eugene... Yeah, Eugene asks them then to lick a spoon. Yep. Would you mind licking the spoon to see if it tastes funny? <laughs> and then and then they go on with their tour. Yeah. Then we jump to a weird meeting between Trask and Connie, wherein he called her in. I, I realize they are both adults. Mm-hmm. It's a college situation, whatever. It does feel odd at times here. Yes. The dynamic is not my favorite. No. Because there not is at all. there is like there is a like uh, there's some power like i don't know well so there's a I weird have, imbalance have a of, of power yes 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 so there connie I, is there to so, talk about the bertrask finds out that penny right. talked to connie about the meeting and so he is, invited connie to talk about the fact that she knows about the meeting yeah and we we can track this through episodes going forward but i'm going to propose a thought that is i think I think Trask is the anti-wit. Kinda, yeah. I mean, something close, at least in this arc, I would say. I don't know. Like, he doesn't continue past this. No. Um, no. I Yeah, I feel like that's kind of his vibe at this point. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what the show's setting him up to be. I Well, like, and kind of the, the ties that bind vibe, too, where it's like, we have this direct confrontation of one person representing a certain set of values, mm-hmm. and then we have the existing characters and cast that have their values. And if gotcha. it's different, it's wrong. <laughs> ah. See, I haven't listened to enough Ties the Bind to know. I've only listened to, like, three episodes because... That's so many. I know, I know, because I wanted it to get better, but it doesn't. It makes me sad. Also, isn't this kind of what Truth Chronicles is, too? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Those are not episodes I've heard. Those are... Well, yeah. So it all centers about the idea of absolute absolute truth, truth, right? Um, Infallible. uh, Yeah. So uh, I have something to say about that. Uh, So Penny's premature about talking about the campus group. Yeah. My my church group is exclusive, and, like, you can't just come to it. However, Mm -hmm. at the end of this meeting, I will tell you to come to it. Come to it, it, yeah. (laughs) Despite you not giving me any ground at all. And also not, like, 
acting that interested in it. No. Not at all. She's she's very, very skeptical. But I had to pull you here before my class. Yes. To establish this. That we both understand this. Yes. And so I can present my yeah. very clearly horrible ideology about, you know, loving yourself and other people. It's like an art class about God. That sounds delightful. <laughs> um, so anyway... Uh, Trask describes it as, like, like-minded people of faith seeking God together. He's super vague about this meeting and the collection of what it looks like. Um, but I wanted to call it out because there is a very real Christian thing called Visio Divinia, which is, um, it's the fancy word for seeing with the eyes of Christ and praying through what you are witnessing and how you're witnessing so, you know, in prayer in that it's a formative practice that makes us more like Christ, right? So the way that you look at things and the way that you understand the world around you, um, if you're intentional about it, can be visio divinia. And that would be something like, uh, you know, going out into the wilderness and looking at the dirt or the landscape or, you know, or, taking a picture of an ice cream cone or a painting. Or a million Instagram captions of sunsets. Yes, exactly. That have Bible verses. <laughs> yes, you're not exempt, focus, like, all right? Right, right, this is, this is exactly what I was going to say, is that it's not, like, some, like, bizarre, radical whatever. Yeah. Like, on a base level, like, this is extremely mainstream. Yes. Yeah. Uh, dedicated in finding the beauty of God in nature and ourselves to see our true potential. Um, and huh. Connie... Someone else had, like, a couple episode arc about true potential. Oh, right. Frickin' Maury. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your true potential. Classic Odyssey um but but also like i don't think that it's bad or unhealthy to especially if it's informed by you know christian faith to imagine yourself in a way that is like the most true to who you are because everybody's different we're all different people uh with different life experiences and everything like that there's a certain amount of uh you know phenomenological relationship there like Nobody else has your experience because they're not you. So how is that a bad thing if we're made in the image of Christ and like thinking about it that way? Um, yeah. Well, and to to her point, Connie makes a comment here where she's like, I think that this all sounds really good intellectually. Yes. It just seems to be missing that personal element for me. And I was like, okay, I appreciate that we're not just going like, Oh yes, all of this stuff is bad because I'm like no, like I I agree with you, Connie. Like I don't think I I wouldn't like not nothing he has said up until that point. There's a couple of things that kind of make me like cringe, mm -hmm. but nothing that makes me go like, "Oh, this guy is a heretic." Mhm. Mm exactly. Well, and he's giving a very soft elevator pitch for something that I feel like is genuinely very biblical if you if you just focus in on certain aspects of it um you know connie then brings up the bible uh like you know talking about your true potential like morals and things like that connie brings up the bible and he kind of goes off that saying you know oh the poetry and the stories um it's pure revelation which they with sinister music behind it and everything like <laughs> sinister that sinister music like, is it's, it's so a choice. Yeah, it's so overt and so like shove it down your throat. I I don't I don't understand 
how this is supposed to be I don't the even bad think... thing. Because that's what the Bible is. It I has don't... poems in it. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of poems. I won't say most of it, but no. a lot of prophecy and a lot of, uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about the prayers, often take the forms of poems. Um, Freaking you know, Psalms. Psalms is a good portion of the Bible. Prophecy, that's what, what yeah. I'm saying, like. I don't think that this is wrong. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's a weird thing too. Where like Connie isn't necessarily even reacting negatively. No, because she like she seems like she's bracing herself to clap back, but right. isn't like getting yeah. anything yet. Yes. But it, it it is a weird thing where it's like if you remove the music, I don't think this scene has like any substance. No, no. From like the opposing side, exactly. But. But yeah, there, right, there are the weird, like, Trask does say, there's a beautiful side of you, Connie. Yeah, that we haven't explored yet. And I'm like, okay, that's... Yep, that that, that feels like a red flag, folks. Yep, yep. If, there's, if anyone ever says that to you, who is older than you and has you alone in their office, get out of that situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that Quickly, Trask please. definitely acts like a cult leader right this um, is the problem his beliefs aren't terrible <laughs> but he is a cult leader yes <laughs> we've got closed doors assembly yep. down you know people aren't supporting it right. structurally this is a cult yep ideologically <laughs> at this point the jury's out yeah he, like i think right i think connie hits the nail on his head where it's on its head where i'm like okay if this is like the whole thing like, all right, maybe not. But if this is, like, a component of your faith, I don't think it's a bad component. No, no, certainly not. Well, and, I, I mean, I feel the same way about the Bible in the sense that, like, the Bible is very important and it's a very valuable book that's, you know, even references itself. But I think that there's a certain amount of, like, well, you know, I mean... From personal experience, the evangelical attitude that I've witnessed is a lot of like, well, we just read the Bible how it's written, and therefore we're right because the Bible's right, right? And uh, that is good and valuable, and it's important to value the Bible and everything that is in it and everything that we can learn from it. However, we aren't called to worship the Bible, and no. it's not to be deified. Um, you know, there it is important and Obviously, there's a lot of good teaching in it, uh, but, like, the Bible is not God. God is God, sure. as revealed in yep. Christ, referenced to by the Bible. Yeah. I, just peeling back the curtain a little bit for the for the audience, I probably, like, between me—this is maybe a little bit of a disagreement between me and Andrew as far as, like, how much emphasis we're going to put on the Bible. Well, no, yeah, but of it's, course. But that's, like— we're still friends. We still do this podcast every freaking week. Yes, exactly. Like, and that's we, always we been like, the case. <laughs> right. Like, because we don't respond in the way that Connie does where it's just right. like, wait well, a minute. You've got to make me bad so I can be justified in right, being mad, but exactly. I'm ready to be mad. Exactly. It's like, it's like, I, it's that like trying to find that balance where it's like, okay, I want to nod along and like affirm the things you're saying, but also be like, right, but right. But my opinions do slightly differ. It's not like, it's that threading the needle between like, like implicit uh, like endorsement mm -hmm. and being a decent person who's not like starting a fight 
Well, yeah. And like, good God. Do you think that my tiny pea brain has figured out God or like the purpose of the Bible and whatever? Like, good God. I think that that kind of moral absolutism is bad. And like, I personally, I just feel like we're all throwing pencils at the ceiling. And my pencil looks a little bit different than other people's. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't disagree with anything. Yeah. Any any one thing. But like on a whole, we maybe have a slightly different view. And that's cool. Because we love each other no matter what. Oh, look at that. We so have a much. sweet moment on the pod. Two and a half years in, we are essentially one person. Then Eugene like shoves lemonade down Buck's throat. Yes. <laughs> essentially intubates him and dumps it down his throat. <laughs> just lemonade boarding. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, drink the lemonade. Just drink the lemonade. Like, I, you should try it. It's the lemonade. It's lemons. It's a good comic scene. I, oh, it's hilarious. I, it's really, really funny. It's of be a sweat. Good gracious. Of like, yeah, Buck, Buck and Eugene like going back and forth. And Eugene's like, all right, we're done. Drink the lemonade. Buck's like, can I see in the basement? He's like, no, drink the lemonade. Oh, but mm. I'd really like to go down there. It might be my phone. Drink the lemonade. Matthew yeah. walks in, confronts Buck. So now there's three people going at drink it here. Drink the lemonade. <laughs> and then he finally, the resolve the thing with Matthew, Matthew down, goes downstairs. Eugene grabs Buck a straw and then could Katrina walks in in and distracts him from drinking it. And can you hear him pulling the straw out of the wrapper? Because I listened to it twice and it sounds kind of like you can, which Mm -hmm. love Oh, the ice in the cup. Oh, it's all so good. But like, I love the, the, the dynamic of Katrina coming in because it then like puts this weird tension on like the whole Eugene Katrina thing Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. Like they're a married couple. They're not on the same page in this instance they've got different motivations and neither of them can really be clear but also katrina is such a dominant force in Mm -hmm. a way that eugene is not yeah and in a way that i absolutely adore the show for like doing Mm -hmm. and so like i like that she's just like firm and pushy and eugene ends up giving up his ground Mm -hmm. because like He's like, whatever. You can't mess with <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Katrina gets what she's. He's like, but can he have some lemonade first? It's so cute. I mean, yeah. it's it's a great. It's well written. It culminates well, and honestly, and then as the beautiful punchline of Katrina's like, "Get that toothpick out of here!" And yeah. Eugene's like, <gasps> "I'll take I'll it. I'll take it. <laughs> Please put it in this napkin." And then Buck and puts uh, Katrina the... leaves, and he puts it in a Ziploc bag in front of Matthew. Yep, and you can hear the Ziploc bag. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, or a plastic bag. Well, you can yeah. hear like the crinkling yeah. of the plastic. It's it's freaking delightful. It's Love just like it. it's just like classic like ASMR. comedy of errors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Will go wrong and and like such like Hooray s- for finding your phone. Lemonade <laughs> <laughs> Such like generally low stakes. Uh, yeah. it is yeah, it's lovely. Um, well, and it's really funny because Matthew then makes comments on it afterwards because mm-hmm. he's like, what are you going to do? Like, bronze it? Like, what are you <laughs> doing, you crazy person? Like, yeah, he's like, I'm keeping it as a memento. Yeah. Uh, and then and then we get... And then tells him he's calling the cops. Yep. He's like, I got to call Pole House. And Matthew's mm-hmm. like, Pole House? So we jump to the call with Pole House. Um, and this is where he sends Martin to go to Witsend mm-hmm. to pick up the sample. Mm-hmm. And then he's still he calls Wit. Mm-hmm. Uh, explains that like he's still at the Hagors. the printing presses were the ones used to print the money or like mm-hmm. they had the right stuff you know whatever 
and the paper what, fiber touch 52 yep. or whatever and then that um and reveals also that wally is not involved mm-hmm. um he then what does he oh he then continues to talk about wally and about the gated community mm-hmm. that the, that skint le- lived in mm-hmm. um which i i just wrote down presumably the same one that erica colburn lived in yes 100%. I, I know Honestly, that place has, has one a name but like right <laughs> It's one, it lives on the outskirts of town, kind of, you know. Yeah, we get the street name for some reason, but I didn't write it down. A, a elementary school. Probably not Odyssey Elementary, though. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Um... <laughs> well, I just wanted to touch on it. This whole scene is really great, the way that it's cut, because um, it starts with Eugene saying that he's going to call Paul Oh, no, House. we called Paul House. Hear those sirens, Chalk Squad? He's coming for us. Oh, no. He knows about my lemonade. <laughs> Is it peppermint lemonade? Oh, have you had peppermint lemonade? We've had this conversation before. On mic, too. No. Oh, it was the Popsicle Kid. Popsicle Kid. Wooten makes yep. peppermint lemonade. Thank goodness I didn't forget that. Thank goodness. <laughs> Popsicle <laughs> Cabrera! <laughs> What's what's the line after that? The, the weirdest is, kid. In the town. weirdest kid. I want to say the nerdiest kid. Nope. Um, anyway, um, what I was saying was it, Eugene so says he's going to call Pole House, yep. and then it jumps to the perspective of Pole House. Right. And we then he hear Wit in the background, and, and then, then, it then jumps we to transa- transition through the phone to Wit, and then we hear Pole House on Wit's end. It's great. Yeah. It's I love it so, so nice. much. I, yeah, I just like that so much as a thing that Odyssey does. It's fantastic. Well, and I. I, it's better, I don't know if it, they normally, they do that a lot, but they don't do that many back to back. And so it just felt really cool and gave it a cool sense of like motion as all, but also like continuing the plot. Yeah. Uh, Wit staking out this place, t- kind of tells Pole House that like, oh yeah, I got a lead that Monty might be there because he's not telling him about the tracking stuff. Mm. And then Wit's like, oh, someone pulled in. Oh, it's Agent Tanner. And Pole House is like, dude, do not go in there alone. Like, hold your gr- ground. I'll get over there. And Wit's like, I can't promise that. And closes his flip phone because the year is 2011 and John Avery Whitaker uses a flip phone yes he does what else would he use i mean he only has the flip phone and he definitely has the belt clip for it i mm, mean how are you right. gonna make how are you gonna make ice cream if that's just yeah. jangling around in your pocket it's, it's true be secured yep and yeah he doesn't because you know if he had a cell phone that would be too close to him having a television and yeah well quit, i quit, mean can't have a tv he's a tv junkie yeah Wait, is that established that he just watches a ton of yes. television? Yeah, uh, he, he talks about it in like an early episode where he's like, I no longer have a TV at my house because I was a TV junkie. <laughs> he uses that exact phrase. Drugs. Right. Because you know that watching something is drugs. Yes. Um, so is sugar. Um, and so it, um, he... Promises. Oh, so this is when we jump to Katrina and Buck. Yep. Um, Katrina's talking to Buck about you know confronts him about lying on the address buck gives this whole fake story about like being embarrassed because they live in a really poor place and so they wrote down a fake address and uh so katrina's asking for the original address and buck doesn't respond very well considering he's a like a hardened criminal uh but he's like well you know uh i need to ask skint first because i have to respect his privacy he's a private like, man what is your relationship he's like he's like a father she's like what does that mean uh, yeah he's like a father to me what does that mean i just want to get this over with i'm gonna step outside and call him 
Yep. Um, so he steps outside and calls Skint, which is the next scene we get. Yeah, Skint Skint tells him to get the Appleberry from the basement mm-hmm. um, and get, have Katrina give him a call. He won't pick up. That'll buy some time. Yeah. Uh, this is when uh, Skint says, this entire empire is getting wobbly. We need this phone for uh, like insurance purposes. You right. know, so yeah, ourselves. this is very, yeah, I was going to say, this is very much turning into like that phone was there for Skint to protect himself. Mm-hmm. It's now, or it was there for Dirk to protect himself. Skint's like, I, it's now, it's no longer about like me worried about Dirk using this. It's now, I want this power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to need to cover our own butts because things are happening. Yeah. And then he, he goes, he, he has a little thing where he's like, he's like, man, all the people in this town are so distrusting. It makes mm-hmm. it really hard to like deceive for them. an honest criminal to make its That's, living. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. The you know, why is everybody getting involved? Which I ans- I I don't know why. I mean, Wit is regularly disobeying law enforcement. Which, uh-huh. Yeah, it's a thank problem. goodness he's white and doesn't cause any issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, yeah, um, that is also helpful. She, we we go to Penny and Connie in mm-hmm. class now. Mm-hmm. They're having a conversation, presumably after their meeting with Trask. So after Connie's meeting with Trask, this yeah. is during the class. They're yes. in, they're sitting in the back of the class talking, and you yes. hear Trask in the background mm-hmm. teaching. Um, Love it. And they go back and forth, and Connie's kind of accusing Penny of liking Wooten. She admits it. Mm-hmm. And then Connie's like, man, I don't want to feel like a third wheel. And Penny's like, you're not a third wheel. And then yeah. Trask's like, ladies, do uh, anything you'd like to share with the class? Like, just like yeah, classic anything you'd teacher, like to like, add to the group. Here, they're like, the rest of the people giggle. Yeah. And then he goes back to teaching, and they go right back to it. Mm-hmm. And this is this is where Patty's amazing analogy, where she's like, "You're not a third wheel. You're, You're more really like training, training wheels. wheels." Which is what I want to be in all of my friends' relationships, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just be there to get them established, and then slowly fade away mm-hmm. and give them a shove. Yep, so that they the can door. ride off on their own. I mean, you're still getting used either way. Don't get me wrong. However, it's much more fulfilling to be a training wheel than a third wheel. Um, granted, if you're uh, comfortable being with people that are in a couple, being a third wheel isn't that bad. It gets a bad rap. Um, it does. It it depends on the couple. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'll go hang out with my married friends any day of the week. Yeah. They've got it figured out. Yeah. Um. However, other people who are currently, like, in relationships, especially early... I mean, the younger they are, the earlier, the, like, the newer the relationship is, yep. the worse that experience can be. It's it's miserable pretty much every time. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, and I have third-wheeled with Andrew in circumstances where I did not like it. Sorry about that. And there were, like, fourth, fifth, and sixth wheels there as well, and it was still uncomfortable. You sure about D&D? Mostly. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> that was an interesting time in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That was a thing. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, they do agree then on the, to do something after class, which mm-hmm. is to go hiking, which is, I mean, it's the perfect thing to do, right? It's a great time. You walk all the time. Why not walk someplace else? Make it interesting. Throw some rocks in there. Yep. Reward nice, beautiful views. creation. Yeah, great. Take a good sunset picture from the top of the tower. Post Make... it with a biblical. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thing, you know. Um, 
make sure that you are truly being a Proverbs 31 woman. Bring some ham bu- hammocks, maybe a boom box, a yes. Polaroid camera, yes. you know, all mm-hmm. the things. Sharpies, make sure you write your name on something. That's very, very important. Uh, if you don't have a Sharpie, you can always key a tree. They actually like it. Um <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep going with that. Fair enough. <laughs> Don't actually key trees. It is bad for them. <laughs> the Boy Scout in me is uh, making me be honest here. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Wit confronts Tanner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just busts into this random building because, of course, and is like, where's Monty? I tracked him here because of the, you know, the blip in his arm. And Tanner doesn't really address that. Um, but he's God, she knows that. Yeah. Monty's gone again. So she doesn't even know that. Um, well, and she, yeah, she's like, no, I had to, like, I had to kidnap him from the carnival so that I could prove to them that I'd be willing to do it. Yeah. She's like playing this whole like triple agent kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but she's saying it like, so like forcefully Mm -hmm. with like this. It's just such a good performance. Cause she talks like she's annoyed that wit is still involved. I would yes. say she's annoyed that wit's involved, but you can also hear in the vocal performance that she is like covering things up to some mm-hmm. extent or that she, that she's being forceful with the intention to like not let him in. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's like going above and beyond. Like I'm a blunt, like secret agent mm-hmm. to like, I am intentionally like keeping you in the dark, by like playing this part mm-hmm. it's i don't know yeah it's interesting it's, it's good I, yeah yeah it, it almost feels out of place in the show um yeah i don't know why diane shu is this good but like and then she's immediately kicked out of the room really when the stiletto shows up yep. <laughs> she's dragged out seemingly kicking and screaming mm-hmm. like i'm in on this blah 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 stiletto yep. comes in with uh, yep. you know, aforementioned beard and must uh, and sunglasses and hat, yep. um, cheesy Italian mobster accent. Um, but a good one. Yeah, I mean, it does carry over pretty well. And then we jump back to Wit's end. Yep, Katrina and Eugene um, are talking, and yep. then Buck comes in after being on the phone. Yes, um, and Katrina lemonade. runs away to go yep. call Skint. Yep. Uh, then he asks for lemonade. Eugene's like, oh no, I don't need that, that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, good. you just blew your cover like eight times. Uh, and then the hero of every episode, Jay, Jay Smouse walks in. Like, I, I'm at the point now, I was listening to this on the drive home my second time, just going like, Jay is my favorite character. Do I, do we just like cherry pick a bunch of Jay episodes? Maybe. I don't hate like, that idea. I mean, <laughs> Like, if we're going to listen to more New Odyssey, I think that's the like, only stuff I th- This past year for a blank check, April was May. Next year, do we make April J? Ooh. Ooh, I do like that. I do like that a lot. It's a great idea. But we have to wait so long. I know. We, we, we could also do, you know, January. Um, January? That's, that's nice. We can... I mean, how many episodes do you think there? I don't know. We, we'll, we'll Four come is up a with good something. amount, though. I, I feel like say. I feel like we could I feel like we could find some. Yeah, some January. Uh... I mean, we could coordinate it with Groundhog Day because there is a Groundhog J episode. Mmm. February. Nope, that's just a different name. Anyway, 
Tuesdays with Wooten. Is that an episode name? T- Tuesdays with Wooten is an is episode it, yeah, name. Yeah, as I say. Tuesdays. <laughs> Tuesdays sitting on a window. Um. <laughs> so yeah so jay jay storms in and he starts accusing buck of framing wally and mm-hmm. i mean and, he tells what actually oh, happened I know. he's a hundred percent right he's great he he <laughs> eugene's like jay you maybe you should sit down the only one sitting down here is him when they drop him in the electric chair for being a counterfeiter yeah, and Eugene's like, they don't put counterfeiters in the electric chair. Well, they should be made to sit in some sort of chair in a corner for, like, a really, really long, long time. time. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so funny. Because, oh, I mean, he calls him out. He he, yep. he spills and the beans then, on everything he's done. Yeah. He knows about the fake address. He knows uh-huh. about the printing equipment. And then he's like, go ahead and deny it. And Buck's like, all I right, deny, I deny it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, Buck pulls classic male manipulator and goes, uh, I'm tired of being accused. I'm going to take my phone now. And yep. leaves. Yep. Um, goes down to the basement to get Yep. And then Eugene phone. follows him and leaves Jay to watch the counter in which he is left to feast. Watch the counter. Watch the counter. Ooh, cool. Free ice, ice cream, cream for the counter watcher. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Right? He's the best. This episode would not be nearly as good without Jay. No. The, the combination of like Jay and the stiletto plus that comedy scene earlier, I think is what does it. And some good yeah. engineering and Diane Chu and like yeah. we've it's it's a good one. It's a good one. I like it. I like it all around. Freaking uh yeah. And then and, we jump back to the stiletto who's like, "All right, you know, clear the room everyone. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to this guy by Get himself." It's just like goes above and beyond to establish like how like serious a player the stiletto is which they've mm-hmm. been building for a while in mm-hmm. like the way everyone talks about him but like he gets no questions yeah from any of the goons they just clear the room mm-hmm. and then wits like immediately like so when are you gonna take off the disguise goes, well the beard doesn't come off well, I, I can do better the beard doesn't come off without a razor but the sunglasses and the hat I don't know anything after that. <laughs> I mean, no, that's basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he takes it off, and, and, and his then voice he, slowly and then he, changes yes. out of it, which is so fun. Great performance by Townsend Coleman, mm-hmm. just like killing it with that transition. And he, here's here's the only criticism I have about this scene, which is Odyssey still cannot figure out how to do character reveals. No. We've pointed this out like a dozen times. Yeah. And this feels like the perfect one where it's just like he comes out of it. Like, so he 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 does the whole like, you know, the beard the, with the razor, the hat and sunglasses, mm-hmm. his voice changes. And then Wit says, that's... And so the voice changes, you're immediately like, oh, it's Jason. Mm-hmm. Wit says... That's much better. It's good to see you again. And he just leaves it mm-hmm. hanging. If he had said Jason, perfect, they nailed it. Instead, he doesn't. And then Stone is like, oh, that's disappointing. You know, it would be great to get my disguise right. Mm-hmm. And Wit's like, well, you're my son. Mm-hmm. But still doesn't, like, quite say it. Yeah. And then he's like, though I never would have expected, the infamous stiletto was really Jason, Jason Whitaker. Whitaker. And it's like, yeah, we know it. <laughs> 
We we already you, you timed it wrong. You could have said it like like twenty seconds ago. <laughs> I truly think this is like McCusker's fatal flaw as a writer is he just can't pull off the character <laughs> reveal. Yeah. Well, and they did a decent job with it. I felt like in the well, I guess it wasn't McCusker, but in the Blackguard series with all the phone calls about him coming to town before he came to town. Yeah, I think if they had done something like that here, it, it, it would have well, been like, and I a think, little bit more grand. I truly think all it needed was... Yeah, so, right, there, there's two factors to it, which is, one, it would have been fun if they had had... If we had heard the stiletto previous episodes, because mm-hmm. I would never have heard that performance and gone... Oh, oh, that's, that's Jason. Jason. Yeah. Exactly. Even, I, I probably would have, obviously, if I hadn't known the twist, even gone like, oh, they got Townsend Coleman to do that voice, mm-hmm. and still not gone, oh, it's Jason. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But then, but then they do, like, yeah, they, but they do play the scene really nicely. It's just like, they hold off on saying it's Jason so that that's the line they can go out on when it's already been revealed, and it just doesn't really make sense. It's this thing that I think... I think that on paper it works mm-hmm. because you're reading it mm-hmm. and you're going, oh, Wick, he like says it's good to see you again. Like he recognizes this person. Mm-hmm. He says that he is his son. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, and then like immediate and then says like, oh, you're Jason. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that works really well written in a book Mm -hmm. however when it's performed by performed by voice actors who we know intimately yeah it does like the reveal is when you hear the voice Mm -hmm. not when the character says the name yes exactly it's the kind of lost in translation between the audio medium and everything but it's still good oh yeah no it's great and it doesn't really i mean it does take away from this moment but i still really enjoy the scene and i think that it's cool um I I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about the... I mean, the thing that Odyssey's doing a lot nowadays is they've kind of deified the Whitakers and that they can do pretty much whatever they need them to do. Um, and I didn't realize that it was more than just wit until this. <laughs> like, I, I, I knew that Jason was kind of a secret agent and whatever, and, like, the, he did cool things, and he came in and out, and right, to a certain cool extent, way. he had... He had some of it, but uh, definitely it seems like now and then from this point moving forward, Jason becomes a second wit in that respect. Interesting. Because, like, like, I think one of the things, and we've talked about it before. They can do whatever they want with them, and they're always right to do it, essentially. (laughs) We've talked about before, though, like, the, I mean, even wit used to be able to fail more. But, like, especially Jason and Jack, like, their introduction, they were both so flawed, and that's what was great, is they Mm -hmm. were, like, two flawed people who together made, like, a less flawed one. Yeah. And, yeah. It'll be interesting to track with Jason throughout this arc to be like, ah, does he keep that? But he does. I mean, he gets to be very like superhero-y mm-hmm. in in this. But yeah. I don't necessarily know that. At least at this point, from what we've seen, from what I've heard, that I'm like, oh yes, he is. He is godlike. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, yeah. I mean, he's got. He's like cool. Yeah, he's got permission to do a lot of cool things, but because of his character. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, uh, that's all I have. I would like to shout out a new 
fan of the podcast and nephew of mine, Balin. Oh. Uh, I forgot to shout him out last time we recorded. I wow. love you, Balin. Uh, we I mean, been... I like Balin as well. He just doesn't know me anymore. Oh, well, I mean, hopefully if he's hearing this, uh, Dylan Dylan remembers you and Dylan likes you too. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really cool. Balin is my nephew and he's getting into Odyssey and he recognizes Wit and um, he's three and he can talk about all the uh the characters and stuff and it's just really cool to see another generation getting into something that i have a lot of appreciation for yeah. and also some mixed feelings but you know. yeah but also i trust his parents to make yes. good calls about yes. what parts of odyssey are enforced good calls because they're fans as well Mm-hmm. anything would that you'd like to plug down i don't think so all right. I mean, we referenced Southland Tales earlier, so I yeah. guess I'm linking it, but uh, it's not really a plug on my end. Um, so that's that's kind of it. Well, I mean, it's not like we didn't have a good episode to talk about. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Great episode. Thanks so much for joining us uh, for this one, Shock Squad. And uh, we will be back next week to talk about episode 687, The Green Ring Conspiracy, part nine. Bye, guys. Part 9. Out of 12. Bye. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Green Ring Conspiracy Part 8 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fan Shock Pod.